My name is Jeffrey Wittenhagen, and I'm a published author and collector extraordinaire. My latest book, The Complete NES, was a Kickstarter sensation, is fully funded, and ready to rock and roll. I also have a Patreon book series called The Video Game Culture Chronicles that you can subscribe to at patreon.com slash the subcon3. And we've got guys. Hey, I'm big into uh, no death runs, high score runs. Uh collector of all things vintage and retro, uh, pretty much anything video game related. also collect figures, vinyl, VHS, tap handles, old beer signs, and old beer steins. Please call our number, leave a voicemail or a text message at 262-264-VGBS. Yeah, so today I found my um, CIB copy of uh, Mario & Wario that I got. Has the original Japanese price sticker on it. Pretty cool. Oh, I mean from when you were unpacking stuff? Yeah, I've been unpacking. So the Super Femi, Mario and Wario. It's ready for when we... Uh, when we do the homework eventually. Yeah, well, we'll see. It'll be the next one I figure after uh, Mario RPG. We talk about that one. We're going to do Gremlins 2 on the next episode when we get Daria on. And then we'll do like a Mario RPG. And I think we got one more episode. We could probably just do like a... Link to the Past or a Zelda little phenomenon. Yeah, that's good. That'd be fun as fuck. And then we're good to go. Zelda treats abound. Yeah, that's that's been on the back burner forever. We could always do a hundred Zelda things. I need to play Link's Awakening again. That's that's a great like fetch quest. Like the side fetch quest is like so fun. Oh yeah, that's like back in for some reason back in that viewpoints in that era, it's like fun to do some of the side quests, like. Nowadays, like side quests are almost really convoluted, but and that's something I'm going to go into because this episode I know we're going to talk about like some of the stuff we've gotten recently, but I also want to talk about some of the newer games that just came out because I I got three new games and I never do that, so I got a nice little story, so pretty cool. <laughs> sweet, sweet. Yeah. Oh yeah. Some cool shit, man. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so. I think we could start um, with some of the shit we've picked up, and we'll end it with a nice little fun um, newer game generation from an older gamer perspective, and should give you some good points to talk about from your ancient gamer perspective. The legacy man. Yeah, the legacy of the wizard over here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah! <laughs> oh, Paul Bear over here. <laughs> all right. Yeah, all right, so... So, so the first major item that I got, Paul, was... Really? <laughs> As I'm uh, organizing my, my new game room at the new place, um, it's getting good. I actually had to buy some shelving 
for the garage, and now I moved all the game stuff that was in closets before is in the garage, so everything's kind of getting organized. Um, I haven't really put anything organized on any shelves yet, but at least my room, or the yeah, the room doesn't look like a tote maze anymore. <laughs> so, there's that. Shelving's key, for sure. Yeah. So, so the game that I got, and I, I did a deal with a guy in Nintendo Age, um, really awesome dealio. And actually, maybe it wasn't Nintendo Age, maybe it was a Facebook group that maybe it was like a Nintendo Facebook group. But anyways, I, I got six Neo Geo MVS games. Six. That's a that's a haul right there. And and the ones that I got are like ridiculous, and I I paid like a tenth of the going rate. So if people know what these MVS games are for price wise and looking back in the future, a tenth of what they're going for. So the first one goes back to our Neo Geo homework. I got Nightmare in the Dark. You were saying that one's like super duper. Rare and expensive. And I, and I got Nightmare in the Dark. That's <laughs> uh, so, like, funny, too. Yeah, it's you know? like, it works perfectly. Um, what's interesting is my, my 161 doesn't work in my MVS, and only one of the carts that I got works in my MVS arcade. It, they all work in the AES with the converter, though. So Weird. Yeah. And, I mean... Who's to say that some of these aren't like bootlegs or pirates? That's the one thing that I think maybe they're bootleg because they don't work in the arcade. But in my opinion, they work, and I don't give a shit. Here's the weird thing I wanted to add here. Mm-hmm. In that video game Emporium arcade, like Barcade in Chicago, yeah, they have a Neo Geo MVS, but it's got a multi-cart in it. So that's weird that that one played on there, but it doesn't play in yours. I wonder what the deal is. Well... With the MVS, and here's a little history lesson for listeners, there are multiple arcade releases. So you have your regular MVS, and then you have, with the single slot, you have a two-slot MVS, and then you have the four-slot, and you have a heavy sixer with six slots for MVS games. The one that I got, because this, this goes back to season one, when I got my free MVS arcade. So mine was free. It's a single slotter. Uh, the one that I have, interestingly enough, is the one that people want to mod to make consoleized MVSs out of because it has two controller ports on on the board, um, which is interesting because you would think that it would have multi-cart compatibility or bootleg compatibility. But yeah, for some reason, um, my version of this board isn't compatible with um, the 161 in one. Strange. Yeah, so that's what leads me to believe that some of these might be a bootleg. Either way, the price that I got them, I don't care, and I'm not selling them. <laughs> like they're they're going into my collection. Like this, they're they're a Ferrari. You know what I mean? Like super cool, awesome conversation piece. Like somebody's like, well, "What the hell's that bookshelf that you have with books on it?" <laughs> you know? Yeah. And interestingly enough, today I got in all the shock boxes because you have to, for MVS games, they come in a shell and some, if you're lucky enough and want to spend the money, you can get that cardboard kit with all the um, release information, the little marquee card, instructions uh, for it. But it's just a brown box. But there's that um, Southtown Homebrew website where you can get shock boxes that look like the Neo Geo AES box releases now have artwork on them they look amazing i know kyle you talked about them in season one as well when you got your shock boxes you fucking love them 
it's totally worth it. Like you, it's like a must. It's it's night and day. There's for anybody who likes to display anything, you have to get shock boxes for these, and they're like a couple bucks a piece. What are they like? Like eight bucks maybe total with the with the printed cover, something like that per per box. Yeah, it's um, it's not it's something that's not too crazy. I mean, especially with these games and how pricey they are, it's just like a another necessary collector piece, and it protects the boards, protects the games, because they're nice, um, like clamshells. You almost owe it to yourself to get those. Yeah. So the first of six was Nightmare in the Dark, which is amazing. <laughs> we just played that on the homework, like, you know, a month ago or two months ago. Um, all right, so the other ones that I got, um, one I had on AES, Alpha Mission 2. Oh, cool. Except except for the MVS is way rarer than the AES version. Interesting. Yeah, the, the AES is fairly common uh, in comparison with the other AES games. The, the other thing is, is feel free to check out the new the Neo Geo games now they've exploded in price. Oh sweet! Oh my god, <laughs> exploded in price like it. And just for everyone, Alpha Mission the original. It, I'm sure it's for like other stuff, but it's definitely for the NES. The NES, yes, <laughs> amazing. So Alpha Mission two though, awesome game. I love that game. I'll probably keep the MVS and you know focus on or keep yeah keep the MVS, get rid of the AES, just focus on MVS. Um, and, and really, I'm not actively collecting for the MVS or AS, but if I find them for a good deal, I'm going to pick them up because I do have the 161 in one. So there's like, it's not like I need to play the games. It's just, it's such a cool collector piece. When you get the box, the shock boxes, it reminds me of like huge, like tomes, like a tome, like a big ass book. Yes. So it's like having these just massive books on your shelf and you know, the covers are always badass, and you can choose on that site, too, the South Town, like, sometimes, different covers. Sometimes there's, like, a ton you can choose from. Oh, yeah. Uh, the ones that I typically go for are the ones that on the front are full artwork, and then only on the side does it have the logo. Um, I don't like the actual AES box art where they cut off half the artwork and put gray borders and things. I go for like wrap around artwork that looks amazing. So, you know, Nightmare in the Dark has that first boss, the big um, mummy boss. Mm -hmm. That's what the front cover is. It's just the big ass mummy boss with a bunch of little enemies on the front. And it says Gava King. And then, you know, the side says Nightmare in the Dark. So it's, it looks awesome. And it's just like, you just have artwork showing at that point. And that's how I've done all mine. So it all goes together. So Nightmare in the Dark, Alpha Mission 2, Last Resort. Oh, jeez. That one's really expensive. Yeah. Like, these games that I got, like, it's... Wow. <laughs> Jesus. I'm not sure if the AES one's, like, up there in, like, super... The high-rent district. I do not know. Maybe the MVS... I'm sure they're all expensive now, but maybe the MVS is more rare or less rare, but I'll have to check that out. I know one of them's super rare. I think it's the AES, though. I do not know. Like the Mike Metal Slug for the AES is like crazy price. I don't know if even rare is the right word, just expensive and valuable and maybe rare. I don't know. Because the thing is, it's like common for the AES is like $50. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> that's the beauty of it. Like it's, that's how collectible, I mean. Now, now I got to check. 
got to check on Last Resort and the Neon Sandwich they're going for. So the AES is over $400. Is that one sick? And then I don't see an MVS. Oh, that's a good sign. I'm typing in MVS right now. Five to six hundred. Oh, so that's the one that's more. Yeah. And 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 no, I didn't pay that price for these. I <laughs> I paid a lot, a lot less. Less than a tenth of the price for that one. <laughs> Gotta be cheap in this world sometimes. So so last resort, um prehistoric aisle two. Oh, I love that game. Awesome to shoot 'em up. All these are rare. Like, when the guy was just saying, hey, I'm trying to get rid of these, and I'm like, okay, well, here's the ones I'm interested in, and then he gave me a price, and I'm like, uh, that's too good to be true, and <laughs> basically, that's what it was. All right, so, yeah, Prehistoric Isle 2, another shooter. It's a really colorful game, though. It's like, the colors really pop on it. That's a really good one if you want to see how vibrant the Neo Geo gla- uh, graphics can be. And, like, capabilities, too, because it's like, you have, like, the two different worlds of the um, dinosaurs, and then you got, like, helicopters fighting the dinosaurs. And then, like, everything, it almost looks like a next-gen from the Neo Geo. Like, almost like an Einhander style, you know? It's Yeah, and it's it's two players. I mean, they they all are. All yeah. the shoot-em-ups are two-player because it's Neo Geo. Um, I'm not sure. Alpha Mission 2 might not be, but, like, Ghost Pilots is. and I'm looking at the back of this one right now. It's amazing. Prehistoric Isle 2, I've beaten that one many times. Just to put things into perspective, um, Last Resort is 45 megabytes. Prehistoric Isle 2 is 478. Fuck. So, and that's the great thing about these uh, shock boxes is it says the megabytes on the, on the sh- spine as well. It's really, it's really well done, you know? It's like professional yeah. as fuck. The fifth game that I got, Captain Tomade. Oh, that game's really cool. You got a lot of shoot-em-ups. Yeah. That's a, that's a vertical shoot 'em up where you like shoot your hands. I got four shoot shoot 'em ups and a nightmare in the dark so far. Yeah, so you have so you have like two hands and you Yeah, and you, you like shoot them. They're like your weapons. And then you can like do some manipulation when you get options and things. That's it's like shoot 'em up and it's one of the it's that's one of the better Neo Geo um shoot 'em ups in my opinion. Yeah. It is an amazing one, little cute em up world where you're like a tomato, Tomade. Yeah. Um. <laughs> it's really like, you know, vibrant colors, which always wins me over. Blue's Journey is another one that really vibrant colors. Oh, Blue's Journey is an amazing platformer mm-hmm. on the system. That's my favorite platformer. You're one of the only ones. Magician Lord is my second favorite, but Blue's Journey is my first. Yeah. I always like to be the like weird little crazy thing. <laughs> you're just like a weird tiny little guy it's just yeah and then you can shrink even smaller and yeah stuff crazy. like that's really neat that actually reminds me of smart ball on the snes and you're like a little blob and you can like latch on the walls it's really cool yeah yeah it's a platformer <laughs> too i actually recommend that it's like one of those little hidden gems actually that's a hidden gem yeah that's a fucking hidden gem smart ball yeah nice there you go there it is <laughs> My thing is, I've played, like, nearly all of the side-scrollers for the SNES, and there's a lot of shoddy ones, because I've rented them all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The thing was, that's not one of the shoddy ones, because when I rented that one, I was like, oh, geez, the controls are all tight and stuff. But, uh, yeah, so back to the Neo Geo. 
<laughs> Jokes. So, so, so the final one is the icing on the cake. The one out of all six that isn't on a one sixty one and one. Ooh. And it's the one that I wanted to get. Um, is Twinkle Star Sprites. Ooh. That one's <laughs> supposed to be super duper duper rare, right? It is, and it's there's two player. It's like Tetris shoot 'em up. So you're shoot you're going you go head to head with with somebody in a shoot 'em up and when you kill enemies it shoot it shits over to the other side and vice versa. And you have extra enemies to to fight. The game is amazing. Like it is so fun to play and it's rare shit and it's not on the multi carts. <laughs> I've never played that. Did you get the wife to play it? The one life wife. Yeah. I actually got London <laughs> London to play it with me. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, she liked it. I'm just saying, it was it was an awesome little freaking treat, man. I have to look that up now. Yeah, oh yeah. Isn't that, is that one like super like expensive? Isn't it? Ooh, let me look. I thought we mentioned one of them was like super duper. Oh, wait, this was the one that I never thought I would get. Yeah, maybe we were talking about it that way. Like it's you never see it or something. I don't know. I can't remember why you never thought you'd get it, but uh, mm. the expensive or the. Because even the CD one is $160. Neo Geo CD is like, uh, it's not my thing. Yeah. Not at all. Too much loading time. What? There's a Super N in one, apparently, on right now for $70 on eBay. N in one. Super N in one. 120 in one has Twinkle Star Sprites on it. Because um, there isn't any online Twinkle Star Sprites. There's not one. Wow. That's what we were saying before, I think. Yeah. Let me see if any have sold. That's Actually, it's around $300. Wow. And then there's, like, ones that are $60, but they, they're bootlegs. 60 to 75 100 bucks shipped. So basically $100 shipped for the bootleg. <laughs> Damn. Jeez. That's hardcore. Where did you find that deal on? Neo Geo Age, Neo Geo Age. Dot <laughs> Now <laughs> <laughs> No, it was, um, it was, I, I'm pretty sure I got all, I, I got all these from one person and it was, I think it was Facebook group. So, I mean, you know, the, the one thing is, is that it's not for collectors. It's not just eBay. It's not just game hunting, but there's also the social media aspect. There's so many gaming groups right now. It's almost taken precedence over stuff like Kickstarter. Good. Well, I mean, as far as the saturation effect goes. At least you can still get deals. If I'm a part of a Neo Geo Facebook group and I post, I have Neo Geo games for sale, only Neo Geo collectors are going to see it. Kind of <laughs> works, you know what I mean? Mm, yeah, it's just, it's reaching out to the people that really matter. Yeah, yeah. So that would be super interesting. So did you get anything recently? Anything really cool? I got that uh, Spriggan Powered. Oh! So Spriggan is um for the pc engine it's like a compile shmup mm-hmm. now sprig empowered is for the super famicom and it's a mm-hmm. side scrolling it's a side scroller yep but it's uh it's actually not a compile game oh it's not i didn't know that no and a lot of people actually it's kind of panned a little bit really it's, and it's not as fun i mean it doesn't have like the colored globes gimmick where you can like interchange your weapons and stuff i mean it's 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 pretty cool, but actually, it but it's not you know like stellar as fuck. Yeah, yeah. Um, and your guy's like a big, you're like a a mech, um, like a Gundam. It's probably yeah. the best way to say. 
but you're you're kind of like tall. You're like a tall, lanky, big, sprite. big hitbox. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. And you can't transform into like a. It'd be cool if you could transform into a sleek um, ship, and then when you opened your uh, when you turned into a Gundam, you had more firepower, but you were you know more open to getting hit. That would be a cool gimmick. That that would be awesome. It'd be like a Star Scream game. Just yeah, make a Star Scream, make it a shoot 'em up. If I could program it, it would be like a, a Thexter. Yeah, I, I thought there was a couple of games like that on the Fami even. Besides Thexter, well, we'll have to look for him. Yeah, it was more like Formation Z, like that style. I think there was a different game. Maybe I'm thinking PC Engine even on the Japanese PC Engine. There's a ton of them on there, too. Yeah. I was watching some fucking video, and I saw a new PC Engine game that I never heard of. Uh-huh. And I was like, what the hell is this? I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Um, I wrote it down because whenever I see something I've never heard of, I'm like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Yeah, because I think it's called Puzzle Boy. Never heard of that, no. And basically, um, you ever hear of Quirk on the um, on the Game Boy? No, I don't know too many Game Boy games. Or Atomic Potato. That sounds cool. And then there's Atomic Potato, which is the sequel to Quirk. Okay. And both of those are like, a, you're like a little tomato-looking guy, and Quirk was actually part of not Captain and the Game Master, but the other after-school special one that had Kuros on it, and they had the um, guys from NARC, and they would fight Mr. Big. I don't know if you remember that cartoon. Oh, hell yeah. Cork was on there. Cork was a little tomato guy on there. Yeah, okay, okay. Yep, yep. It's all coming back to me now. I don't remember the name of it, and somebody could definitely, you know, shoot us an email or chime in. It's almost like, well, like, uh, when, what was one with Simon's Quest? Was that Captain N? That was Captain N. So it yeah. was like a Captain N, like, ripoff, I guess you could say? Oh, absolutely. But, it, I mean, it was almost by, like, acclaim or something. And they would give you, like, hints. I remember I would always wait for the fucking hints. That was the thing. That one had video <laughs> game hints. Yeah. It's like GamePro, like, on your TV in the morning, eating fucking Cocoa Puffs. I'll just type in Cartoon Quirk and The Power Team. There it is. <laughs> the Power Team. <laughs> I saw that one a lot more than Captain N for, like, whatever reason. And they were all acclaimed video games. I was right. Um, so the guys in that one were Max Force from NARC. Okay. Kuros from Wizards and Warriors. Uh-huh. Quirk from Quirk. Uh-huh. Atlas actually de- developed that, which is a really prominent one now. Um, Tyrone from Arch Rivals. Wow, I do not remember that. That's awesome, though. I do remember that, because they had to have their token their token uh, minority in there. That's funny. I, I actually thought the tomato was from the Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Uh, the final one was, was Bigfoot. Oh, because that's, that's an NES game. Then that's an acclaim NES game. I do yeah. remember the truck, and like Kuros yeah. is like in the, being in the back of the truck or something. And it also had a cartoon version of Johnny Arcade from Video Power. <laughs> <laughs> Knew that was coming on the rise. <laughs> <laughs> so, so they they fought um, Mister Big from Narc, like I was saying, and yeah. then the Wizards and Warriors Malkill. Yeah, basically they just freaking ripped off of Captain N. Totally, just different. Hey, if it works, <laughs> right? Ty- Tyrone was given a small afro so he wouldn't resemble Michael Jordan. <laughs> like, like, really? Michael Jordan's suing everybody, too. And Quirk's main enemy was Rowdy Roddy Radish. <laughs> <laughs> what? 
That's awesome. I did not like know a, his name was Rowdy Roddy Ray. I know, like the Piper. That's amazing. No, that even exists. Probably not. I wonder if they uh, like paid him like like royalty rights. No, oh, hell no, they didn't. We changed it to radish. We're good. They'll never know. Never know. That's so awesome. So, anyways, Puzzle Boy for the PC Engine is a console full-color version of Quirk. I think that is the only version of Quirk or Atomic Potato that has um, that is on a console that's full-color that's Quirk. And it's that type of puzzle game. So, basically, you, pull, you push blocks into blo- a blocked passageway. And the blocks like melt into it, and then you can like go through the pathway. That's how you play Quirk. It's really weird. Um, they end up manipulating and limiting you by moving certain platforms, and so that way you can only maneuver certain ways. And that's how they get through it all. Cool. So that check that one out, huh? That's a good one. Oh yeah, I mean, and all I saw though was a video. So, um, but if it plays just Quirk's a puzzle game. So there's not a whole lot to it, so it's not like they could have fucked it up as long as they kept the puzzles <laughs> in the game, you know what I mean? Sure. I mean, it was freaking cool. Yeah, so, um, like, other than uh, the lowball bid springing powered, I was surprised that no one out- outbid me. It was pretty low. Nice. It wasn't that low. What's 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 another Kyle treat? Uh, other than that, uh, a big thing I've been concentrating on is getting, like, just a lot of Famicom games that were even released for the NES, but just plucking them at like low prices. Like when I see them, like Popeye, Adventure Island, you know, Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Junior, Donkey Kong, sure, Man, whatever. Just if I see it for like two or three bucks on on the bay, cart only. Yeah, just plucking them. Like a few years ago, I I changed my mentality and only go for CIB because the Japanese take care of their stuff. So I've I've only been going cib so that's a great part about the pc engine too that all the cases are like never it's barely ever cracked you're like the spits the stickers barely ever like the spine stickers barely ever peel away so yeah it's pretty nice but yeah just yeah just working on getting my famicom cassette collection going i got a cool way that i display them so i have you know the um shelves with all the nes games yes so it's like a two big shelves with like six rows just filled alphabetical going down on each side, A to Z, all of the licensed. And then um, I actually managed to get a dust sleeve for each of those games. <laughs> Which is amazing. Yeah, and that was, I, th- I told the one story with the Video Palace, I bought so much from the dude, he just gave me like 200 sleeves in this huge garbage bag. <laughs> it was like bigger than like my body. It was like hilarious. So... The thing is, if you use those dust sleeves, and I was talking about this on Nintendo Age, and a few people were like, hell yeah, exactly. When you put the games on your shelf, it creates like a form. Like, let's say you take a game out. If you have a dust sleeve, the cart next to it won't fall. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So what that means is you can put stuff on top of the dust sleeves. And still be able to play your game. And it won't fall, like, every time you take out the game. Yeah. Because those uh, those those box protectors, they have cartridge protectors, but it doesn't f- fix your problem of being able to play them. Yeah, and I mean, really, the argument could be, well, what's the big deal? You know, it takes two seconds to fix. And yeah, that's true, I, but I just think it just looks nicer, too. And it's just cool that they all have, like, a little home. It's a convenience factor, and you already did it. And it makes the collection <laughs> worth more. Oh, yeah. To be honest. Like, 
it just makes it all like pristine and more and then nicer. And like they're all clean and shit. It's not only complete NES cartridge collection sans stadium events in F two. Yeah. But also everyone has a dust sleeve now. It's like you're just adding pieces to the puzzle and it's amazing. Mm-hmm. I think I got over a I have over a hundred boxes now. Nice. I actually have a, a couple treat boxes on the way that I'll have to go into a future episode once I get them, so I can describe them for the podcast. Oh fuck yeah! I got a nice I got a nice trade with some card only stuff that I was uh, getting rid of, um, like that stuff that I'm not going to display in my collection, and I traded for some super awesome treats. So it'll be it'll make for cool shit. But yeah, dude. So, so uh, con- continue. How how are you displaying these families before we get down the river again? <laughs> so there's that spot behind um, where you know you have all the games in their dust sleeves, and mm-hmm. I, I just lined the back of the shelf with Famicom. Because yeah, I think you were doing that, but you only had onesies or twosies up there. Yeah, I've, I've pretty much filled like the whole thing now. Like all the, I just lined the back wall of the shelf on top of the dust sleeves with Famicom games. And they it's funny because it's a perfect length to where it just, like, sets perfectly. It either fits, five, like, five or six. And and you get to see the artwork. Absolutely. And as everybody knows, or a quick Google can show listeners, is that all, every Famicom game has different colors, which look awesome, too. Every cartridge is a different color. Yeah, Circus of Madness. Oh, it's awesome. It's a really cool piece and then it's also the conversation piece where a lot of people see nes and the amount that is in your collection is ridiculous but then you add on top of it oh what are those colored things above it and then you can go into the whole japanese market and how they have more games yeah and stuff that should have been released which we're talking about and oh yeah uh, so it's i'm pretty much dying down as far as space goes but i I'll always have room i mean you can just if you need to just put another shelf up somewhere i mean listeners listeners of the podcast and we'll know five years from now if we're still doing this you'll say the same thing yeah <laughs> i'm running out of space and <laughs> there's always a way man you get creative it's pretty it's pretty amazing what you come up with i mean it's like when you get back into a corner you're kind of forced to find a solution oh yeah and it usually works out I'm going to have so much room in my new game room. Like, it's a huge open area in the middle. But I think we're going to try to keep it open so that way it's just, like, comfortable. Open's nice, though, in certain spots, you know? Well, I mean, like, the walls are going to be Retrozeum-style packed. Um, but the middle portion is going to have, like, just basically... Because, you know, I have Toddles the Wonder Baby running around, and she's she likes to play. So I figured there's a big play area, and she can hang out. Mm-hmm. Toddles. Toddles the wonder, baby. <laughs> <laughs> She's running around today in a um a Ilsa dress from the cartoon Frozen, but she was saying she was Princess Rosalina from Mario Brothers, the Mario Galaxy series. So she was saying she's Rosalina. <laughs> it's pretty funny. <laughs> Little Mario girl.
another cool thing that I got in the mail today, I got an NES to Famicom adapter for $3 on eBay. The, and the reasoning behind this, because I used to have one, um, and I got rid of it because I had no use for it. Mm-hmm. But now I'm starting to do reviews on you know my YouTube channel. So this little NES to Famicom will allow me to take the NES homebrews and plug them into my AV Famicom, which I can then record uh, direct video. Yes, sir. Yep. To my to my uh, little capture card. Yeah, that makes sense. Because we we were talking on one episode that it's the best. It's basically the best option for the, for an eight bit NES slash Famicom game is the AV Famicom. Well, what's crazy is I gave it the Double Dragon two test today when I got it. On my 50 inch TV, <laughs> and it's in game mode. But I, I gave it, and I could do um six sneeze in a row. Yes, fuck yeah. So there's not that bad a lag, and I mean I'm using an, a that cheap ass upscaler that I bought that was like two bucks. You know, Mister uh, our our old techie guru snobbed at it, of course, and I paid I think it was like twenty bucks for my entire setup, and it records perfectly and barely any lag, like. I bet there's still going to be that punch-out lag or whatever, but, I mean, everything else is good enough for good enough to play and enjoy. I think he paid, like, 400 <laughs> Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He paid, like, $400 just for the upscaler. His is, like, trying to, like, like, nothing. Like, you pick it up, it weighs, like, fucking gram. Yeah, see, my upscaler <laughs> is the size of a half of a Famicom cartridge or, you know, it's tiny. It's solid, but it's, it's tiny. It, it fits anywhere. And the, th- the thing is, is my recorder box, the box that actually records the video is the same size and they plug it you can plug them into each other. So I got like a, and all I do is I press a button to record my video and it's, it records HDMI. Um, I got the upscaler so that way I can plug the red, yellow, white AV into it. So now I can do AV to HDMI, and it looks fine. It looks great. So like I'm good. I'm not a I'm not a tech snob like you know like GameSack. They're they're amazing at it. But I don't want to spend that kind of money. I'm thrifty. We've we've been we've we've said multiple times on this podcast we're cheap bastards. That's cool though that you figured it out cheap way. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. And then that is the thing. exactly the thing. And smartphones and smartphones have progressed to the point now where I can do 60 frames per second video recording on my phone. Yeah. We're, we're thinking about doing a cooking show with, for Judy. Cause she has a phone. Fuck. Yeah. Show her a little like secret ways, get a niche market that way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause that's the thing. So I can basically hit all the, uh, YouTube standards with what I have. And it costs me 40 bucks total. And then the free upgrade for a phone or something like, too easy, man. And that's just me being thrifty and cheap and figuring stuff out, and it's awesome. But yeah, so that um little Famicom adapter, though, it was like a co- like three bucks, and then there was like a couple bucks shipping or whatever, and well worth it for my purposes. Now I can, all these NES homebrew games that I've gotten that we talked about on SideQuest and stuff, I can record them now to do reviews. I mean, it's just something that has to be said for the top-loading technology... Just it, it like always works. <laughs> it's like are you serious? Like we fi- we fucking fiddled with with like the NES classic, uh, <laughs> you know, console. <laughs> just sitting there for, like twenty minutes, 
And it's like, then this thing works like the first second. It's just amazing. Like, and they already had that technology with the Famicom anyway, so someone, yep. someone might be thinking, oh, well, no, the NES 2 was new tech. No, it wasn't new technology. <laughs> no. No, the, the NES 2, they went back to the, um, the original design, which was upgraded, of course, but they cut back a lot of the pieces in it to make it cheaper. There's no, there's no AV. And there, there is a, this would be a cool place to throw this in. There's a, well, it's not a rumor, it's definitely true, but there's a tale where people complained about that, about the DRF signal, and they sent it into Nintendo, and I guess Nintendo um, actually put an AV in it and modded it, and oh, that's awesome. sent it back to the person with a letter. So someone had that letter. And, like, so it's proof that, like, there are the uh, the AVs that are out there, they're either modded by somebody, which a lot of them are now, because they, you know, they've been, like, raped raped and pillaged now, like, all the, everything's dried up to this point, you know, as mm-hmm. far as that stuff goes, except for very small amounts in some random, like, attic or garage corner somewhere. But, yeah, for the most part, but there is those that do exist that Nintendo actually modded themselves yeah, I, w- I would say without the letter, it would be, I mean, you, who's to say without the letter? Even with the letter. I mean, with the letter, I would buy it. Well, with the letter, I mean, you could just have the letter and then have a modded AV. Like, that's the other thing. Like, who's yeah. to say that, like, you know what I mean? Unless there was some distinct way that they did it that I'm sure it was really professional. I mean, that's one thing. Yeah. So, but the thing is, it has been verified that they did do it. But it's very small, like who? Maybe like twenty or something. I wonder if they like took the actual AV Famicom and just swapped out the pin connector. Because <laughs> I mean, that's all you need to do, and the cartridge slot pin connector thing. Not really even the cartridge slot, because I think the Nintendo one fits in the cartridge slot. I'm trying to think if there's any like little small detail that's different. Well, I think just swap out the motherboard in there. Like on the um, the shell, are they exactly the same? Well, let me see. I'm walking over to it right now. I have it in the bag because I'm traveling tomorrow. Oh, the slot is backward and it doesn't quite fit. So yeah, they wouldn't be able to do a a, a quick swap. That would have been hilarious if they did though. The AV is not rounded on top either. The Famicom AV, right? It's not. And that would be awesome if they just swapped it out like that though. Yeah, there's like a bubble top part on the. The uh, U.S. version. Yeah, there is, and I have I have both. I mean, yeah, oh yeah, yeah I've I actually have three three model twos right now. Nice. You should get one modded. Nah, I'm good. <laughs> nah. <laughs> <laughs> I know a guy. <laughs> get you get you a good price, a good deal. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's awesome though. But yeah, so the um converter that I got though is actually it's like a bare board type of converter with like good solder on it. So there's no like little case around it. It's kind of like my AES to MVS converter that I have. Yeah, really, that's what I would do too because I have a converter like that. That converter I got really cheap, and it doesn't have like a shell. It's not fancy. It's just like the pins. Mine has a sticker on it that says NES to FC adapter front. Yeah, it's just it's really generic, but it works great. You don't need it to be like some fancy thing. No, and it's it was fine. like three dollars. So if something if it breaks or. Something that I can buy another one. I'm out three dollars. I think it's interesting how like it is cheap because you know most of the NES games. Why would you want the converter? You know, 
Mm-hmm. And but there does come that point in time where you're like, okay, now I see, like, shit, man, I better get this because something changes. Now you're recording, so it's just interesting yeah. how when you grow in some direction, like something that was once like meaningless all of a sudden has meaning. It's pretty cool. What's really cool about this too is from a collector aspect. I know for a fact this wasn't gutted from something and, you know, ripped out of a game like you see a lot of people do for their converters. Oh, that's horrible, though. Yeah. Like, this one was created by somebody and soldered. Um, whether that be somebody in China or some shit, I don't know. But Yeah, it's it's kind of a shame, and I actually did it myself mm-hmm. with one gyromite cartridge. I found a few of them with the converter. Gyromite one's probably the most common, I have to say. Yeah, um, but uh, I bet a lot of the people got tricked like like I did um, and saw the box art, thought it was like a Mario style game. Mm-hmm. I think I took my gyromite and that's how I made my Final Fantasy VII um, reproduction cart. Okay, because you have to use a converter cart, right? Like um, Crisis Force. Yeah, then this this one's more of a specialized board because it's that Chinese waxing company game and they you they couldn't figure out how to replicate the board um they might have by now but but basically i had to like because if you buy one up from anybody that makes a repro it's over a hundred dollars it's like one 120 or something because it costs so much with the converter and everything since i had the converter i just bought a board that was modded now doesn't the um return of the joker board isn't that the one you have to sacrifice for gimmick i think think so so that's why those are like awesome you know to have in the homebrew community because you can get mr gimmick the way it's supposed to be because the sound doesn't i actually have a famicom bootleg mr gimmick but the sound isn't you know it's like not all there yeah there's um i think mine has the extra sound channel i have a mr gimmick repro that i got a while ago so do i i hope they didn't fucking gut a Batman Return of the Joker for that, because that's a good game. I have an NES repro, too, I got from NES Dump. I'm pretty sure he did, because he messaged me and was like, I'm going to have to charge you extra for gimmick, because I have to sacrifice the game. Return of the Joker is also one that had, like, the shittiest label. Oh, yeah. That was, like, at the very end of the line, where there were horrible quality labels. I always think of, like, the repro PPU freaking graveyard, like, all the games that got sacrificed to make a different game. It's like sad. Yeah, a lot of them I'm sure were like, you know, double dribble and 10 yard fight and shit. Those ones are fine. <laughs> like, yeah. But then some of them have to get rid of like a Batman Return of the Joker and that's already a semi-rare game. Sure, and it's a good game. Yeah, and it's a good game and it's like, now you gotta get rid of good games. Like, let's just rip out our Contras now. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> that's a sad thing, but I think it comes down to they, they can't reproduce it, like you said, so the only way to recreate it is it got something else that has a similar, like, technology. Yeah. That's because no one can, like, no one's taking the time, really. I mean, could do it, but it just hasn't been figured out or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that people can do it, just costs more money than, um, and actually, I think people do do it that, um make them but now they just focus on homebrew games because it's less shady i mean i know retro usb had a few repros for a while and he'd use all new parts so he didn't gut anything so i i think there are people that do it it's just it probably costs more i mean and it's much easier and available online if somebody's going to do it themselves it's much more doable for them to just gut a game you know what i mean it just sucks because like return of the joker is a good example because there's not a lot already 
So those are going to be gone forever kind of thing. Yep, and increasing the price of yours, though. Yeah, they, they sold a, a decent amount. It's not like they're it's not like they're getting rid of Samsons or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but uh fucking crazy, dude. That top 10 thing was funny you were talking about. Oh, yeah, top 10 rarest stuff and those pop up so much, like it's so funny. There's so many ways you can look at it too, like with the box, without the box, with the manual. You can't just make like 10 and then like walk away. It's possible. Well, and and then you have every aspect of every different collector. You got some people that do card only. You got some people that do boxed. You got some people that don't consider it complete unless it has every insert that came with it originally. And some people don't even know which games had which inserts. <laughs> so, yeah, there's those type of completionists. Sure. And, I mean, the thing is, is that, oh, it might be easy to get that CIB you know, cart instruction box, but that insert is rare shit. <laughs> like, there you go. It's like, there's so many facets that basically the well is endless. Yeah, I, I figured he just meant cart only. He just did, like, specify. And then he opened up a can of worms. Yeah. It was great. I mean, it was great. Yeah. <laughs> Train wreck. Busted out the popcorn. Yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> that gift, like Michael Jackson. The, the the other awesome thread today was my um my review of the NES Nintendo Quest. Uh, they, a bunch of people started getting the movie now since it actually got released and they're reviewing it on my thread and they're all like agreeing with me. <laughs> Shitting on it, yeah. Well, and the thing is, is that I think, and I mentioned this in the post, is like, I think I just need to watch it again without being nitpicky and waiting for Flintstones 2 to never show up. <laughs> well, what did they say about it? Well, here's the irony. Um, they all agreed with me about the whole, yeah, they glossed over some stuff, didn't state prices, and didn't di- dig into Jay. And then the guy whose collection that they went into, a huge collector, he's a Nintendo Age member, surprise, surprise. And he posted on there and he said, hey man, and he started telling us the stuff to prove that they're legitimate, and these stories he was telling us would have been great for the movie. Like, how when they brought Jay to this guy's house... They told him they didn't tell him shit like what to expect, even though Rob had an inkling that there was a stadium events there. They didn't tell Jay. And number two is they told him that the guy was like in the mob, and if Jay went there and he didn't like his stuff, he was gonna like what like like take care of him or Whack something. Him. <laughs> so he was like nervous as shit for no reason. Now wouldn't that have been hilarious to know that as he's going into it? Pesci's waiting for him, hell yeah. Yeah, I was like, man, they need a director's <laughs> cut of this shit. <laughs> um, I posted all that. And Rob, the creator of the movie, actually started posting in my thread. <laughs> and he's like, he agreed. He likes that we're all watching it and providing feedback. And I was, he said that they were under constraints to keep it at 90 minutes. Otherwise, they wouldn't allow them to do a wide release. And he said he has like double, triple that amount of footage. And he had to cut out like stuff. Because one thing that people mentioned about that movie um, is that it seems like soulless because he doesn't talk about the games at all or his experience with the games, his stories about the actual games. He just talks about collecting them. Didn't you mention you were hearing some other negative things from people about it too? Like his most important game to get is Stadium Events. And people were like, why the fuck would Stadium Events be your most important game? Like everybody agrees that it's rare, but nobody like wants to play it. I think you were mentioning that too. Yeah, like the, the sites were like odd what he like set his sights on kind of thing yeah probably never gonna get it anyway so so basically it's just a 
a poor choice of editing the footage the way he did this is what it came off to me as and i think he should do a fucking director's cut of it then and give us everything i would have done that fucking from the onset i mean it's just a yeah. damn dvd anyway like how hard is it to make another 90 minute dvd and just include it exactly i mean he has bonus feature yeah buy a damn spindle it fucking on ebay for 20 dollars free shipping them for of 100 dvds I mean, that's what he fucking did for the release anyway. Yeah. Oh, burn this. <laughs> yeah, that's what you mentioned, yeah. <laughs> well, that was the irony is that I got, um, who was it, the $2 freaking Dreamcast homebrew, and it's a and it's an actual real burn disc. Not a not a burn disc, but it's a real pressed disc. <laughs> the $2 one. That's fucked up. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, they can fucking give me a pressed fucking disc. <laughs> but, um, but the thing is, though... Is that, you know, the constraints of that, I mean, I just think that they got a lot of lessons learned from this movie. So hopefully their next one that they're doing, which I guess they're focusing on box art. Interesting. That could be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Someone needs to. Fuck. Besides us. Because we've already been doing it forever. Since the first, like, episode, well, second or whatever. I think they're talking about, like, the artwork or the art behind it or... They're doing something like that. It'll be a cool aspect. Hopefully they take the lessons learned from this one and make the next one awesome. I think it's it sounds like something that's very doable. And especially if they're not focusing on some finite collector quest that seems really fake and forced. And I think it'll be good. I don't know. We'll see. Either way, though, like they've been pretty good responding to criticism, which is respect. Because like, from, from my experience, I'm like the only one that usually takes criticism... With with without a grain of salt, and actually, you know, try to incorporate people's criticism to my fixes. Like I did that with my book, I fixed a lot of shit that people were criticizing. I, I mean, they're just trying to make it better. Yeah, exactly, and it's just like what people thought. There was there was a couple people that were saying some troll stuff. Well, troll tars are everywhere. Little troll tar folks. Yeah, but, I mean, for the most part, yeah. it's like. Like when me and you bounce off ideas, we're just trying to sharpen the arrowhead. Exactly. Like all, it really is. all the way, all the way to the lodge. It's the best way. <laughs> oh, we need to go one day soon. Arrowhead lodge. Next twenty years, we'll go. <laughs> yeah. Twenty or forty years. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So hopefully, I got a couple minutes that I can talk about the um, the new gen story. So I picked up Fallout Four. That's a first person shooter, right? Fallout 4 is basically Grand Theft Auto, but it's in post-apocalyptic world. You can do first-person shooter, like, view, right? Yeah, it starts out with first-person shooter. I guess you press a button and it'll go to third-person if you want to. Yeah, like Grand Theft Auto 5, it's got the first-person shooter view, or you can do the third-person. See, that's fucking badass. This And this one, like, is, is sort of like that, too. It's open world. Um, there's no online aspect, so um, it's all... You know, just like our our own little sandbox, like you like your own flower garden. <laughs> yeah, and when you get surrounded, I prefer to have the third person view because you can see like all around you. Mm-hmm. And then when you're just like you know going through corridors and shit, the first person view is cool. I, I'd probably be switching between them both. This one has a really cool little like radar, at, like the bottom of the screen where somebody shoots at you, like you see the dot, so you can automatically figure out where people are attacking you from. That's nice. It makes it really easy. Um, there's this whole this whole vats thing that was in the last one. That's also in this one that I haven't even used yet. 
But basically, if you press the VATS button, it slows down time, and you can actually focus on individual body parts of all your enemies and, like, take them all out Matrix style. That reminds me of, uh, well, a few things. The Adrenaline Pill in Vice City. Yes. Um, and, uh, obviously, like, Max Payne. Yep. The bullet time, like, Matrix <laughs> ripoff thing. Yeah. But, like, like this one, like, it doesn't just slow down time, but it actually says, like, body. And it'll tell you, like, you get 60% chance to hit the body. Leg, it'll be, like, 10% chance. Other leg, 10% chance. Arm, like, head is a 30% chance. Like, it tells you the percentage that you're going to do a critical shot on that. Yeah, that, that reminds me of Jedi Outcast. Yeah, yeah. There's a Jedi Force power where you slow time, and then you can put on the gore code, and you can, like, dismember the like the stormtroopers before they hit the ground. You can, like, chop off every one of their limbs before they nice. hit the ground. Yeah, that's, that's really fun, though. And no, it is, and I, I can't believe I haven't actually messed with that yet, but I know it's there. It's, it's um, treats, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I've just been running around destroying everyone because, for me, the game is extremely easy. But the thing is is that it adds to Grand Theft Auto Five or Vice City or whatever, it adds RPG elements, too, where you level up. So when you hit, you get XP for, like, doing a mission or finding a new area or crafting something, like a weapon and making it bigger or something, you get XP for everything. Once you level up, you can put... A star into a perk so like one perk is is that you you can aim a little more accurately when you're shooting heavy machinery um you can hack into computer terminals or pick locks better or you know there's different skill sets and that's a really cool aspect when you get the level up do you choose the skill set or does it kind of just choose it for you oh no you choose it so it's like zelda 2 yeah yeah because and at the beginning you kind of give your character certain attributes wherever you want to. So if you want to make them stronger, faster, smarter, and it gives you like eight to ten different attribute skill sets. And you distribute it how you want to. You get a certain amount of points. You know what else? In my, like Warzone, WWF 64. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly how it is. Yeah. It's just like Warzone. With the little chain yeah. links and you got to like choose the attributes. Yeah, yeah and you got to choose. Like you can't just max it all out. Oh, yeah. Otherwise we would every time. The memories. But yeah, man. So you do that. And then as you level up, like, so say you put like four into strength or something. I think I put six into strength or some shit. But then there's like tiers underneath it, and those are the different specific ones like, you know, be stronger when you um, run or like the, the one where you can control your aiming better. That's like if you're a level six or seven in strength, you can unlock those attributes. And those have a couple levels that you can get to. So it's like it's a pretty deep well, and you become a badass pretty quickly in that game. And there's so many weapons, and I actually took brass knuckles and I modified them by crafting, and I put spikes on the brass knuckles, and now I can beat the crap out of guys. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, though, is call me an old codger, but it seems like there's just like forced wandering in the game. I, I guess that's what Fallout's about because you're on a, a wayside. It's like a, it's like you're in the desert in Grand Theft Auto, though. Like there's, it's vast areas that were destroyed by you know po post apocalyptic war. 
Okay. Yeah. But it's like it's like oh I don't like these raider bad guys and then you gotta go find them and you go off for like ten ten minutes off in one following the map. It's like a road warrior type environment where it's just like yeah. deserts like forever. And I mean part of the thing is is you have to have that OCD scavenger mentality because if you don't you're not gonna pick up um, like health items like stim pack health items or new weaponry. Because if you don't look for it, you're not going to find it. So you kind of get that feeling of, like, wasting time. Yeah, so <laughs> to, to, to me, it's like, there's some of it, it's just like, it's almost like... Time sink. It's definitely too much, but it's fun. So you have that double standard where it's like, if I had infinite time, this game would be amazing. But when I don't have time, it's like, do I want to play... Fall four, where I might be able to do a mission in an hour, or do I want to play something else for an hour? I have infinite games. A lot of these games these days, it seems they have that time sink mentality. They they definitely do because here's the thing though, if they release Fall four, and you could beat it in ten hours. People will complain. They say, "Oh, it's too wasted. short." Yeah, it's too short. It's too short. You know, it's a shit game. That's what I always hear from new people. It's a shit game because it's so short. It's like really, dude. It's it's not. It's fine, but the thing is, though, adding that in there allows allows you to wander around, make your own game, get immersed in the story. It's just, I just think I'm just an old codger that needs more time because I work a full-time job. I work almost two full-time jobs. I mean, Doom's kind of, like, straightforward. No, Doom's definitely straightforward. Amazing. So it's like you can, you know, kind of sense that they were going for something different. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the Fallout series is known for what it exactly is, and it's amazing for what it is. There's some hilarious glitches, apparently, that popped up online. I haven't (laughs) seen any yet, but, like, ridiculous shit, like people, like, melting, like, doing doing flips after you kill them. (laughs) (laughs) That's cool. (laughs) And and Basasia, or Basathia, or whatever, however the fuck you say the company's name, Mm -hmm. they um, are notorious for that because they create such gigantic games that there's gotta be like like if you get if you get john's ps3 you need to get skyrim that game's beautiful that's it's like hex and like a medieval first person shooter well well skyrim is fallout in a medieval time it's yeah. made by the same company <laughs> like eric was going crazy over that for a while i mean understandably but he was he is crazy so oh, yeah. <laughs> so the crazy thing is I didn't just get Fallout 4 because Target is running a sale which will be over by the time people hear this but it was buy two get one free on all new game it's really good so I went to the PX military post and they honored it so I got Fallout 4 um, I got the new Destiny with expansion pack ultimate edition because I guess the initial Destiny was garbage, and it's online only, but it's like an RPG, first-person shooter craziness um, with multiple people. So it's supposed to be awesome, this new expansion thing, and I have some uh, buddies that play on Xbox One that wanted me to play with them because they know I'm good at <laughs> video games. Like, we need somebody who's good. <laughs> <laughs> that Fallout came out, and everybody's playing Fallout, so... Right now, so I haven't even installed Destiny yet. And then the third game I got though was Halo Five. I um I did install Halo Five. I played the first uh, mission, 
and it plays like Halo 2, which was my favorite of the series. It was the one I was like ranked on and all that fun shit. It's an, it's always been a cool series. I actually like oh, the, the vehicles. And the vehicles are fucking amazing. Reminds me of the G.I. Joe, the Atlantis Factor. Yeah. You, get, you can get, like, the vehicles in the game. It's just shit. It's just different, you know? Like, add something. And then comparing Halo to Fallout, the new ones, mm-hmm. Halo plays like Doom, like, straightforward, fucking badass, action, go, 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 like a first-person shooter. Halo 5 is your typical Halo at elements. I guess you can play multiple people. Like, I, I don't know if you ever played Halo um, with like two people sitting on the TV playing through the campaign. I actually went over with with Kasiba to some guy's basement and nice. They had like I don't know five or six people, and then the guy stole a hundred bucks from him. That was it. <laughs> Sad Siba. <laughs> Taking to the cleaners. <laughs> he always had issues with everything in life. Oh uh, yeah, but you could only choose two weapons. I recall it was that was weird, but yeah. Fallout 4, by the way, infinite weapons. But as many as you can carry with weight. I'm just an extremist. I'd rather have, like, everything. As long as you can carry, because there's a weight limit. That's realistic, I guess. You can upgrade it, your weight limit. But, um... Okay. But, yeah. So, but Halo 5 still keeps two weapons. But here's the cool thing is, is I guess you can have three to four people play together in the campaign and not in the same room. So, my one buddy has it. I have it. We can play through the campaign together, even though I'm not sitting there with them. That's ridiculous. So that means that, like, if you played three or four people, you could essentially play through, like, the hardest modes because you're yeah. not going to lose unless you all die. You probably should play it in the hardest mode, you know? It might be too easy the other way. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I booted it up on normal, and I was, like, trolling and fucking around with the enemies and not even getting touched. Like, it is classic Halo 2. Like, I, it was funny. I was like, man, I, I sent, a, sent a message to my buddy Jim, and I'm like, hey, dude, um, I'm just fucking around on this on normal, and it's easy as shit. This is going to be fun. <laughs> and when you mentioned the enemies that kind of, like, sparked a thing, that was the one thing in my mind that I can't remember, like, a certain guy. Like, that's the one thing about Doom that, like, reigns over all, because every, like, guy's a personality in that game. Well, I mean, the Master Chief definitely stands out. That reminds me of the the Doom guy as well, the Space Marine. Absolutely. Which is great, because I, I love that look. Yeah, the, the enemy I always remember in Halo is the little the little um, aliens. Yeah, they're, like, <laughs> annoyingly... They're kind of like this, this like the Screamers, too, in, like, Splatterhouse 2. They're just, like... Yeah. Make a little noise. I, luckily, in Halo, you can just blow their fucking heads off, so it's great. <laughs> it's just it's something to be said for like personality of like you know for doom you know the cyber demon spider masterminds it's yeah. like crazy though like no other mm-hmm. game has really stepped it up like that it's gonna be tough well like a lot of times now it's, you're just fighting against other people like humans so it's it doesn't get like nuts like that i guess duke nukem might be the second crazy well, I do like with the Halo thing where you can play four players versus the computer fighting fucking enemies. It'd be like, maybe let's fucking cross our goddamn thumbs and toes and eyes. Hell yeah. That <laughs> that the new Doom will have multiplayer campaign mode. Yeah. They if they were smart, right? If they were smart. If they're if they're smart, they'll do it. 
Um, hopefully they up the speed of the gameplay a little bit from that trailer and we'll be fucking good. Because, I mean, Halo moves fast like Doom. Like, it does. You can go and take it a step back and go slower if you want to. But you can go balls to the wall, Doom style, in Halo 5. That was Carmack's genius. He somehow... Well, the, the whole secret behind that, just to throw in a little specifics, the computer doesn't remember anything that's not in your line of sight. So yes. that's how it's able to keep going so fast, because it's not processing the rest. Yeah. So it, it'll be interesting if that Doom trailer that we saw from E3, that, you know, Kevin fucking shed on hated. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll see if that was just somebody being cautious in it, like a first-time player, which they probably were, or is it actually that slow? Because if it's just a first-time player, the second time you play that level, you can fucking blaze through a Doom style. It looked like the guy was moving slow, and I'm like, man, if there's a freaking... And I said that on the podcast episode in Season 1, if they got a sprint button, we're fucking good. It looked like he could have gone a lot faster if he wanted to. I think they were yeah. showing the gimmicks of, like, they use the lab technician's hand, the fingerprint, the the lock on the door so it opened, that kind of stuff. Little, little gimmicky yeah. things that were pretty impressive. I think that was pretty impressive. Well, and for a trailer, you can't just blow through it all and make it look like a you know, Sergeant Mark fucking Brutal Doom trailer. Like, you got, you got to show off the new the new cool graphics and shit. You have to do that. Because, like, let's face it, Doom is Doom. It's it's become, like, a novelty. And mm-hmm. I don't mean that in a parodial way. I just mean it in the fact that everyone knows what it is, so when you add Brutal Doom, it's just, like, a fun thing. No one, no one thinks, oh... This isn't realistic, but in these new games, you almost have to make it to the point where, like, yeah, this would happen, this could happen. But back yes. back in the day, it was, you know, it was simpler, and no one really thought about those things. And you say a perfect thing, though, in this new day and age. Because there's a standard to uphold now, because the bar has been raised by certain games. Yes, and it's not only graphically, but we already mentioned it with Fallout. It's going to have to be length, because if it isn't long enough, people are going to say it's shit. And if it doesn't have good multiplayer with being able to chat, people are going to say it's shit. So you got to have all those aspects. And another one, Destiny, actually set started to set the standard because that is a complete first-person RPG, first-person shooter RPG. I have never played it. I still haven't yet. So I'll probably have more to maybe say on it in a future episode um, because it is an RPG. So technically, Daria should be playing it but i know she probably doesn't because it's first person shooter and that's an interesting aspect she's into all rpgs and she said she's gonna ignore the fact that fallout 4 came out so she doesn't have to play it for a while it is a time sink but destiny is an rpg as well because you definitely level up but it'll be interesting because you know it's what her definition of an rpg is so she probably has something specific and maybe that doesn't fit her criteria which is which is reasonable this is Western RPG. This is a first-person shooter, but you go in a in a party and you fight enemies and stuff. But you're all first-person shooter instead instead of even an action RPG. It takes action RPG, but you you have guns and yes, there's a sword melee guy too, I guess. Well, that's cool because the leveling up aspect is what's addicted to me mm-hmm. because it's it stays. Yes. So it's like it's like a reward. 
See, I like that, and the one thing that's very, very dangerous, and it'll be dangerous for you as well once you get to this generation and the last generation with the PS3 and Xbox 360, is the whole achievements and trophies. Not only can you level up your character, if you do something specific, you get a trophy. The trophies all add up for every game on the system, not just that game. So I have a gamer score on Xbox of like 8,000, and you get 5 points for doing this, 10 points for doing that. So somebody who has an 8,000 gamer score has played a lot of games. And shows you're more of a gamer, you know what I mean? Or you're more of a completionist in certain aspects of certain games. Um, 8,000 isn't that much (laughs) either. Not at all. But, like, my wife has 70 or something on the Xbox. She has, on PS4, though, she has to have a decent gamer score. I mean, if it's something that I love, like Vice City, I maxed out the dollar amount. I mean... Yeah. So so that would be where, on the PlayStation, you would, quote-unquote, platinum it. Because you get bronze trophies, silver trophies, and gold trophies, depending on the difficulty of the task. And then if you do everything in the entire game, if you complete it, you get a platinum trophy. Now, you would probably take it further and max out the money and stuff. Generally, that isn't a trophy. But they might have some other cool trophies that you might not have thought to do, which is I think is cool. Like the criminal rating, too. you got to max just everything. It, no yes. matter what it is, it has to be maxed out. And the, the sickness is, is that that adds to the time sink aspect, but it also adds to the replayability and to the, you know, oh, well, there's only 10 hours in the game. Well, did you platinum the game? Did you max out? Did you get every achievement? Yeah, it's just an excuse to fuck around some more. Exactly. Thank you for listening to VGBS. We appreciate everybody taking the time to get through this whole uh, arduous podcast. We love it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you want to correspond with us, you can email us at bgbspodcast at gmail.com. We also have a phone number. It is 262264BGBS. You can leave us a voicemail, shoot us a text message, um, whatever you want to do, correspond. Also, comment on us, shoot us a message on Facebook, Twitter, Google+. We love hearing what people um, think about the podcast. All right, see you later. Woo! Later!